Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. I'm so glad you guys are here. There has been so much happening in the culture right now, particularly in the United States as it relates to politics. And you know me, I like to meet you guys at the intersection of faith and culture. And today you guys are going to be really encouraged because I have a brand new friend and he's on the show with me today. He is uh, Dan Zembach, and we are going to talk about all things faith and culture and politics. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. Before we get started, a couple of things I want to let you guys know about. Uh, for those of you who are continuing to ask about my speaking season, I'm completely full for the 2021 season. And thank you so much for all of you who've been writing in about the women's conference and about uh, my speaking season. If you're gonna, if you're interested in where I'm gonna be, you can find that at heidistjohn.com forward slash events. Also, we're getting ready to start a brand new study, and it's a great time for you guys to jump in. The study for the month of February is in the book of Titus, and I am calling that study, Walk This Way, How to Live a Rapture-Ready Life. And uh, boy, you guys, we need to start living like we're leaving. We need to start living like we're leaving. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm so excited about my guest today is because I think that's kind of what he's doing. I think he's living like he's going to be leaving. And I heard about him. It's interesting. You know, we get all kinds of interesting uh, requests for guests here at the show. And uh, Mr. Zumbach was actually recommended by his daughter. And anytime someone does that, I'm like, get in touch with that guy. <laughs> because if your adult kids go, you need to talk to my parents, that speaks very well of a, of a guest like that, of an individual like that. And so he's currently an Iowa State Senator, and I'm so thrilled to have him on. We're going to have a great conversation. Uh, Dan Zumbach, welcome to the show. Well, what an honor to be here today, Heidi. It's uh, just a pleasure to hear you uh, spreading good news in many, many different ways. But uh, it's an honor to have this conversation. Well, I'm just honored to be talking to you. You are doing, I mean, you're like the quintessential off the bench guy because this is the the theme of my life. I'm always telling people, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, you know. And you've got a really interesting story of how God brought you from really agriculture and growing up on a farm and uh, deciding to go into agriculture for a living and becoming a farmer to uh, to uh, going into politics. And you said something about shoveling poo. Tell me, tell me again, because that was amazing. I should have I should have written that down. It should be a bumper sticker. Well, uh, you know, I grew up in a world, we raised a lot of livestock and, and I will tell you being in politics was never on my bucket list. And uh, once I've been down here a couple of years and figured out what's going on, I, I jokingly and lightheartedly say, I just, I just shovel a different kind of poo now. And, <laughs> it's completely uh, true. I was like, that's, that is a great bumper sticker for you. I just think that's fantastic. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, listeners, since you've never been on the show before, you grew up on a farm and you eventually have gone into politics and tell me kind of your journey, sort of where you started. Cause you're, you're a dad, right? you got four kids. And you've got grant. I'm assuming you've got grandchildren now. I, I do. I have uh, five grandchildren now, and a granddaughter was just born a couple of days ago. So we're really Aww. excited. So I now have three grandsons and two granddaughters, and one more on the way. So oh my goodness, we're excited! Exponential growth. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look back, Heidi. Uh, I remember a couple of defining moments. I, I followed my dad around the farm like a puppy. Uh, what he did, I did. And I was just a step and a half behind him, and. And my dad was an amazing teacher, and he he always said if he if he wouldn't have farmed he 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 would have been a he would have been a, a teacher. Uh, but little did he know he's teaching anyway. But the most defining moment was in the dairy barn, 
and it was a very normal routine every day. But after we milked five cows, dad would always give the cats at the end of the barn a shot of milk. And as we we're getting started milking, the cats, you know, would come from everywhere. And then he'd give them that little splash of milk, and there was 10 cats with heads down, tails up, and they'd lap that milk up so fast. Mm-hmm. And I looked right at my dad one day, and I said, Dad, why don't you give them some more? They're, they're, they're still hungry. He said, son, you got a lot to learn. He said, if I gave them everything they wanted, they wouldn't do their job. And they'd just go up and lay in the barn window and sleep all day. I'm just going to give them enough to know I appreciate them. And then they'll go out and they'll hunt for mice and they'll hunt for rats. And they'll teach the next generation how to hunt for mice and rats. And that's when I learned the difference between a conservative and a liberal. I was just going to say, that is a political, uh, that's a political uh, zinger right there. So really, your dad sounds like he had a lot of wisdom and just and passed that on to you. You know, I grew up in a little town called Boring, Oregon. And uh, we had, we, you know, it was kind of like a hobby farm, but we raised goats. We did that really seriously for a while. I, I do declare I learned more about life, uh, milk and goats at 430 in the morning than I ever learned in school. And you really can, you know, it's that it's that uh, work ethic, getting out there and learning, you know, how to balance your own budget, how to run your own uh, business, how to run a farm. And you did that. And I'm kind of curious to know, because I would imagine it was a satisfying life for you. I would imagine you know, you, you grew up watching your dad do that. You liked it. What would make you want to get into politics? How in the world would you decide, you know what, I'm going to leave this very satisfying thing I've got going on and, and shovel a different kind of poo. <laughs> like, How did you make that decision? You know, I'm going to go back to my dad again. And, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you, his name was Earl. And if there was ever a, a guy that led by example, it, it was Earl Zumba. And, um, Quite often he'd say, you know, if you want to change something, you got to get involved. Don't complain about it. Don't don't whine about mm-hmm. it. Just get involved. And so through the years, I, I've served on the school board. I served on the fair board and tried to help guide those things move in a good direction. And and when you saw state politics going in a direction you didn't appreciate, uh, through a series of events, I ended up running for the state Senate and, and happened to win. And so, he, and so here you are. Uh, Literally shoveling that other kind of poo, hoping, hopefully you're doing a good job and shoveling it the right direction, which means with the wind, not against the wind. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you've said, you know, one, you know, one, of, this, one of the things that uh, I thought was so interesting when I was talking to Melissa about you and we were talking about the, the show notes and you were talking about faith and responsibility. And there's a, there's a movement, I think this has been probably true of the modern church, at least most of my life, and I'm into my 50s now, but we had, we were always told that there are two things that you don't do in church. We don't talk about politics, like religion and politics don't mix. Well, I think that's a lie. I I believe that the reason, a lot of the reason why we're in the place that we're in right now is because the church no longer knows how to be the church in a political environment. And that policy determines, uh, that politics actually determines policy. And these are determining outcomes and what do you say to people who are, you know, people of faith, a lot of them listening to this right now, who say, nah, I just don't, that seems like a dirty business. You know, we should be focusing more on other things as Christians because, you know, we don't serve the God of politics. I hear this all the time. Uh, what do you say to Christians like that? What do you, what do you, what do you, what's your conversations like? Well, well, two two things on that, Heidi, that I think are extremely important. One, I'm going to go back to my family. When we ate dinner and supper together, we did talk about politics and we did talk about family and, and we did talk about religion and that's how we cleared the air. But mm. one of the most profound statements that I've heard in recent times came from Wisconsin governor, Scott Walker. 
and, and an atheist challenged him that he shouldn't be taking his religious values uh, into politics. And I remember his response, and I can't even come close to articulating it, it as well as Governor uh, Walker did out of Wisconsin. But he says, you better hope I take my religious values to the governor's mansion. And that was, mm-hmm. there are no ties to your or expectations that make you do what you want to do as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You simply have those expectations. Yeah, You have an expectation to be kind, but you're not forced to. You have an expectation to pray, but you're not forced to. You have an expectation to help others, but you're not forced to. And he went on and on and on. And those are the very values you want inside a legislature or in Congress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you when you hear people talking about, you know, I've been watching Scott Walker, um, probably not not as closely as you have, but I've been watching, too, because it's so interesting to me to see people navigating these choppy waters right now. We're watching what's happening to Josh Hawley and Senator Ted Cruz, and anybody who who has taken a position, uh, it seems to me, if you're a, a conservative and a Christian, you're uh, you're going to get shot at right now. So what do you say to the person? We were just talking about Esther the other day here at the show, and I was talking about, you know, God putting her in just that place for right in the right time in history. Everybody who's listening to this, they were born for this, literally born for such a time as this. And what do you say to the person who's going, man, I just, I don't know. I think, um, you know, God couldn't use me that way. Or will it really make a difference? I hear this all the time. Is it really going to make a difference? I'm just going to be spitting into the wind, right? Uh, does it make a difference? Have you felt, how has your experience been uh, serving the state legislature? Oh, uh, w- without question, you're right here. The first year I came down here, I was so naive and didn't have a clue how the process worked and really wasn't quite sure if I had the abilities to serve in the Iowa legislature. And I remember I went to my first committee. It was an agriculture committee and just concerned for myself that the people that elected me, they elected me. I don't think they know how little I know. And I went to that (laughs) first committee meeting and the, the other folks on the committee were all introducing themselves and why they wanted to be on that agriculture committee. And the guy sitting right across from me, was on that committee because he despised agriculture and he wanted to shut down agriculture as he knew it. And I was so taken back. And that's when I I literally heard the voice of God say, so Dan, that's why you're here is to offset that guy. And from then on, I knew I was here for all the right reasons. Wow. That's amazing. And when you, uh, when you take, because I'm assuming that people there know that you're a man of, of faith and a man of conviction. How has that been? How have you been received in the legislature? Well, I got to give the folks of Iowa a, a pat on the back. Uh, we're, we're pretty faithful in this state. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you live in this state, you have floods, you have tornadoes, you have you know, crazy weather. And some of the, the plagues, as I say, that were referred to in our Bible, I can relate to directly. And, and and so I think it really helps you when you live and breathe those real problems. Some of the things we deal with in the legislature aren't as big of problems as they are just thinking they're problems. Right. So you bring the, you bring those real situations, knowing what a problem is, you remove the emotion from it and just deal with good science, good logic, good common sense and try to pass good legislation. Because if you have your Christian values tied to what you're trying to pass, it's going to be a good bill. 
Yeah, no, that's right. And when you look around you and you see the lack of faith in politics right now, I mean, certainly I was watching, I think, a senator from Illinois the other day is introducing a bill to strip any kind of religious language out of uh, the, they, they basically want to remove God or God completely, which I was like, haven't we already done that? <laughs> you know, when I read it, I thought, well, we've already done that. You know, what, wh- what more do you want to do? But just like you encountered this man who said, I'm on this committee because I hate agriculture. There are people in this country who run for office and have gotten elected because they hate God and they hate having God in the nation. And so what does that, you know, to me, and I'm so curious to as to see what your, you know, what your perspective is. But when I think about that, I just think that means that more Christians, more people of faith should be running for office, not less. It means we should be more involved, not less involved, realizing that this is the future that these people are creating for our grandchildren. And the struggle is real. And going forward, I think it's going to be very difficult if we just go, well, we lost, you know, we just lost the House. We just lost the Senate. We just lost uh, the White House. We should just give up. Uh, what do you say to people who are just discouraged right now or like, why, you know, why are we even bothering? You know, I think every situation you get in is, is some level a test from God. And he's mm-hmm. going to see if you're going to meld into a puddle or if you're going to rise up and become a pillar of gold. And so you have those two options. And uh, he will put us through some real tests. And everything you do every day is at some level a test from God. And so if you want to let it meld away, Somebody else in a future generation is going to have to fix the things that we don't. So it's time to step up to the plate, be a respectable person, but stand up for what's right. And, uh, you know, yeah, I try to hold my Christian values in everything that I do. And uh, I pray for I pray to God every day for help to get through the day. And then I thank him at the end of the day for the things that did get done. But then pray again tomorrow to, <laughs> to fix the failures that I had. Yeah. But you yeah. just have to you just have to pound on it every day. Every day is a test. Mm. So there's people that are listening to this right now, I guarantee it, who are in the back of their mind, they're going, I wonder what maybe I should run. Maybe I should run for my state legislature. You know, you serve on the board of the state legislature for uh, Iowa, which is different than going to the House of Representatives and serving on a federal level. What is it? What has it been like for you? How has it changed your life? This is the number one question I get. People say, I just don't think I could do that. How has it changed your life being a representative there in Iowa? I will tell you that my faith is stronger than it ever has been in history. And my farming career threw a lot of challenges at me through the years. Um, and, and I thought they were real challenges. But all of a sudden, I realize that the world that I work in, when I'm at the Capitol, there's a lot lower level of integrity throughout the people I work with compared to the people I work with in my agriculture service. And I was never a conspiracy theorist, and and I don't want to get way down that line on this topic, but uh, there's some people down here trying to drive a personal agenda and not necessarily what's best for Iowa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so my faith is stronger, and I have to drive that ship what I think is right, which includes my my historic Christian values. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you are, how often does a state, I mean, how often are you actually there and how often are you home? Have you, has it been like a big disruption in your life? Are you like, you know, I mean, it's better because you're, you, your kids are grown now. So that helps. But there are a lot of people listening to this going, what would it look like if I ran for office? Well, Iowa, and I think this happened because of being such an agriculture state. We're in session basically January through April. So four months. And so 
I don't have livestock on my farm anymore. I crop farm. And so the winter months work out pretty well for me to be in Des Moines and away from my family. But I couldn't do it without family support. Uh, my wonderful bride of, of 36 years is my clerk, so she comes down with me. And uh, uh, I have some family support. My son and son-in-law farm with me at home. They're keeping the knots tied together at home. And, and so with my family support, my passion for my farm, and then a passion to try to do things right for the state of Iowa, all help. Uh, getting things done. So Iowa legislature works well for a farmer when we're down here in the winter months. Mm. And talk about that family support again, because I I think that's another thing that's very, you know, I know people who have been in politics. I feel like I was sitting in, uh, in church the other day talking to my daughter and some other people that were there, and we were talking about what's happening here in Washington State, which is, it's, almost it almost defies description so this the house of representatives here in washington state just voted to give our governor basically unbridled authority to keep the state of washington in a perpetual state of emergency in other words the restaurants can't open we're basically shut down here in washington and i looked at my daughter and i thought when is somebody going to go to Washington, when are we going to start running for office? Normal people, people who, you know, balance a budget, people who, you know, go to the grocery store like everybody else. Uh, We're looking at people in politics right now who are lifetime, like career politicians. And you're not a career politician. And so what, when you, when you think about people who are considering running and they're looking at this and they're going, is this going to upend my life? And then will I upend it? Will it be for nothing? What do you say to that person? Well, we need genuine, real people to be involved in all public service. Mm-hmm. And when, when I ran, I, I was just kind of the, the, the nut that fell out of the tree uh, right in front, right in front mm-hmm. of our, uh, our Senate minority leader at that time. And then we got the majority after I was here four years. But you just have to have a passion for public service and a passion to do what's right. Um, if you're a likable person, which is not hard to be, and you have a level of common sense and you have good family values, you're a very electable person. And, and so don't be afraid to throw yourself out there. If, if you can speak for 10 seconds and chain five words together and you treat people decently, you're a good candidate. And mm. so if you have that passion, you have some understanding, you have a career that, that puts you in a position to have some knowledge of how life works, you're a good candidate. And uh, just, just jump in and run with it because you're qualified if you simply care about the game of life and, and, and the economy and and which way the United States you think it should move. So mm-hmm. just jump in and go. Yeah, I think that's important. And a lot of times, you know, it's like, Lord, if, if you feel like the Lord's nudging you in that direction, I mean, that's the whole theme of the podcast, like get off the get off the bench. You know, we got so many pew, pew warmers here, you know, uh, all over the place. The church has just been so largely so silent. And now it looks like we're coming into what could be a very trying time for our country because of politics. People say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, get back to me in two years and tell me how how it doesn't matter. Uh, one more thing before we wrap this up. I, I'm curious from your perspective, just thinking about the nation now, not not Iowa State in, especially, but just the nation, given the fact that it looks like we've lost the House of Representatives and the Senate and the White House. What do you say to people who are discouraged? People who are like, you know what, I just, um, I want to move to, you know, Costa Rica. <laughs> Uh, what what's your encouragement for the Patriots that are listening to this today who coming off of the heels of a pretty rough week need some encouragement? 
you know, the first thing that I need to say is, is I understand that, that pain and that fear uh, because I have it myself. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I've been through a tornado. I've been through a flood. I've been through droughts. I've been through low markets. And, and so I've had the good Lord hand a lot of angles at me that, that we've navigated through. And sometimes you need to regress to some pain to realize what you had and to work for what you want to have back. And so if, if the Democrats being in control of the, the White House, the House and the Senate, uh, this might be our two years of pain. Mm-hmm. But you got to get out and vote next time around and correct it. Get involved and get it corrected. And uh, I call it another test from God. He might be shaking, shaking her, his head up there saying, you know, you had things going well, but you weren't paying attention. And now mm-hmm. you lost it mm-hmm. and you better earn it back. And so I see it as a time for us to learn and pray and work really hard to find good candidates and at least get the House and the Senate back next time around, which is only. Yeah, two- because, yeah, because people keep saying, well, you know, if Biden's in there, he's in there for four years. I'm like, yeah, but if you if you if you're able to get the House and the Senate back. He wouldn't be able to do much damage because he'd have to get it through the House and the Senate. Exactly. And uh, and so that happens. You know, yeah, you're right. In two years, we'll have another opportunity. And it's a good time to reflect and a good time to pray. And I am so thankful every time, you know, I I get to meet someone who has taken, you know, just ordinary human beings like you and like me who were raising children, we're doing the thing. And the Lord calls them to positions of authority, whether it's in the state legislature or whether it's even on school boards, you know, the library, for goodness sake, I'm always telling parents, get involved, see what, you know, what's breaking your heart and where would God have you use your voice and your influence and um, bring in the Holy Spirit wherever you go. And you're doing that. And it's uh, it's an encouragement to me. And I just wanted to say thank you because I know <laughs> there's a lot of people listening to this going, well, he says I could do it. And I'm hoping you're going to encourage some people get off the bench. Well, it's time. And and like I say, we have a chance to learn over the next two years and then we have an opportunity to do something about it. And uh, if you don't like who's representing you in uh, that particular House district or Senate district, run or find somebody you know that's good and and support them running because those folks need a lot of support. Running a campaign is hard work. But when you win and you're in that position to move things in a good direction, well worth it. So either help somebody or do it yourself. I love it. I'm going to leave it right there. Either help somebody or do it yourself. You sound like a guy who could have grown up in boring Oregon. (laughs) I I grew up in little Ryan, Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) I think we might have a few things in common. Dan Zumbach, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We're praying for you, and it's just been a delight. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks for being on the field and making things happen. You're welcome. For more information on today's guest, you can go to my show notes, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening today, everybody. We love you guys. Love your family well today. Be faithful with what God has asked you to do. And I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.